0: Thank you, Raina. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Um, before I get into the teaching tonight, I do want to remind you that this is the last Wednesday night that we're going to be receiving the offering for the Dobos family. And pray for my collar. It doesn't want to stay down. <laughs> and so don't forget also that this coming weekend, uh, this coming Sunday, is the Fall Family Experience, which is going to be our fundraiser to kind of like cap off this campaign. Uh, for the Dobos family. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, can we put that picture back up of the Dobos family? Dan Dobos here was in a very, very horrific accident on uh, September the 1st. And uh, he's been, he was in the hospital in Jersey Shore for probably six or seven weeks, and then they transferred him up to rehab up in Edison, New Jersey at JFK Hospital. And he's been coming along. He's been progressing. And the reason why we're receiving this offering is because we're family, and, and we don't want Alicia, his wife, to be concerned about anything else other than taking care of her husband. We want her to be able to dedicate her energy, her time, her, uh, her faith, everything to taking care of her husband and making sure that he has all his needs met in order to recover. So we want to we relieve some of the financial burden. Amen. Amen. So if you are ready to give tonight, I don't know if you've given already online or if you intend on doing it this week whatever. If you, if you are here tonight and you want to do that, you can fill out an envelope. Or if you're making out a check, make it out to New Beginnings. Uh, we will take all the offerings uh, by next week, by the end of next week, and present it to the Dobos family. Uh, so you can give the way you usually give. You can give online. You can give using your text. You can give our uh, New Beginnings app, or you can do it here with an envelope. And uh, once the ushers are back up here, I'll send them back out with the uh, and you could also just give cash if you want that's up to you whatever you'd like to give but I pray that you would be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and that that God would speak to you specifically it's one thing that always has existed between my wife and I uh, from, from the first year that I got saved and I've been born again now for 38 years and uh, we would have this kind of like thing between us still do and uh, when there's an opportunity to give or to bless somebody or to help a family or pay, pay, make, make somebody's car payment or pay somebody's tuition for school, whatever it is, I will always say to her, what do you think? What's the figure? And she'll, we'll always have, we'll always be in agreement with the exact figure. There was one time when uh, we were talking about helping somebody or uh, blessing someone. And um, uh, I said to her, uh, she said, well, what do you think? And I gave a number and she said, oh, you know it's supposed to be more than that. And I went, yeah, all right, I know. So, so there's, there's an amazing thing that takes place when you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you this, okay, from personal experience, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because you guys are ridiculously generous. I, I've never seen a congregation, to my knowledge, that is generous as this one is. Um, so I don't, I don't feel like I need to spend a whole lot of time. Many of you have probably already given. I hope that the Lord uh, would, would bring some extra finances into your household. But this is what I want to say. There, I don't know what it is. And when we get to heaven, we can ask Jesus. There's something about when you give to meet the need of an individual like this, it seems like there's more blessing on it. I, I don't know how else to put it. I think it's because it's like when Jesus, it says, and the gospel that he was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, the power of God was just released to heal people. And uh, again, this is something we're moved with compassion. This is not something we're doing because we're obligated. It's something we're doing because we want to lift the burden on this household. And some of you are aware, you might have heard that uh, New Beginnings has already made the commitment to pay their children's tuition for their school uh, for the rest of the year. And so we're in we're in the process of taking care of that right now. They have two children that are in Christian school, uh, and so we've been in touch with the school, and they know that uh, they can count on us to make the payments for this. We want to lift the burden on this family. These are special people. If you haven't gotten to know them yet, uh, when Alicia's here, she's usually here on Saturday night with the kids. If you're here on a Saturday night, uh, try to ask somebody who she is because she's an amazing. Here's a woman of faith who is standing so strong. It's just absolutely amazing and um, this has been a supernatural thing from the moment this happened like I've shared with you before uh, we went up to the hospital immediately uh, when we found out what was going on here and uh, myself Brian uh, was, gr- was gracious enough to drive me up to Jersey Shore Hospital because you know when you hear news like this you, it shakes you sometimes and Pastor Pam came with us and for the first hour to an hour and a half am I right Brian we didn't really know if he was even alive yet that's how bad the accident was But when we walked in the room, Alicia asked me, she said, I want you to come in when I'm able to to see him. And so I'm, like, encouraging her, like, listen, let's not get, don't look at what you're going to see. Because, you know, they told us how bad the accident was. We walked in and we both looked at each other and went, are we in the right room? He did not have a scratch on his face. If it wasn't for stitches that were here, uh, Bill, you went up. In the early days, if, if it wasn't for Stitches that were here, you would have never known anything was wrong with We both looked at each other like, oh my God, this is so supernatural. But the injury was there and is being healed, and he's responding. Uh, he's he's uh, acknowledging people that are there and uh, even has spoken a few words. Uh, Tracy, where are you? Am I right? He has spoken a few words already. And the doctors, truthfully, at the beginning were like, don't even have any expectation of him pulling out of this. So, so there's quite a bit of a road ahead of them. But in Jesus' name, he's yeah. continued to progress. Yeah. But it's our, listen to me, it's our responsibility as Christians, it's our responsibility as family to take care of this. In Galatians chapter 6, I believe it is, it tells us that we're supposed to take care of the household of faith first. Yeah. Amen? And so it's our responsibility to do that. So please, I pray that uh, the Lord will give you direction. And so if you, while I'm talking, have had the time to fill out an envelope or maybe you want on your phone and you're going to give that way, Uh, let me just tell you this, okay? I am trusting God that this offering is going to break all records that we have ever, any kind of offering we've ever taken for a situation like this. So ushers, would you please just pass the buckets around and we'll go on with the the service. Did you come here expecting to learn something tonight? Amen. Thank you. All right. Brian, can I have the other bottle? I, I have started already. It's one of, my, one of my quirks. Don't like wasting bottles of water. How many, how many of you like me? It's, I hate when you have company and then you, they leave and you've got <laughs> bottles of water all over the house. It's like, at least take it with you. Don't rub it in my face that you used a half a bottle of water. I go and water all the plants. You say, my God, I didn't realize that pastor was that cheap. It's got nothing to do with being cheap. It has to do with the being a steward of Amen. God's resources. Amen. 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 We have a responsibility to be good stewards. I'm going to be teaching on that in the new year because God's given me some revelation along those lines. Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to review very quickly and then we're going to get into the rest of this material. Could you believe we're on week 8 already? Yeah. Has this been a blessing to you? Yeah. Amen. Exodus 3, verse 2. Now Moses was tending. No, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Exodus 3. I got two here. Yeah, we're right, right? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Let's go. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but was not consumed. Next verse. Next verse. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. I'm I'm sure that's exactly how he did it. Oh, hmm, let me turn aside. No, I'm sure he was shocked because God meant it to be something that would get his attention. Verse 4, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, then God said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground, okay? Now, we start, last week, we left off at this part here, Lessons from the Burning Bush. For those of you who were not here last Wednesday, I'll kind of review a little bit more. But you can go, and uh, Victor, do you know if they put our podcast on yet? Uh, I didn't see it yet. What? I don't, I don't think I saw it yet. Not yet? Okay, because uh, v- Victor and I did a podcast Last week, just on this topic of lessons from the burning bush, kind of recapping from this message here. I was gonna say you go listen to that because we talked about it, but you can go online and listen to the audio from last week. So the very first thing that God teaches Moses is reverence. We talked about this quite a bit last week. Verse five, he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Now he didn't do this so much for God didn't do this so much for God's sake. He did this for Moses' sake. He did it for Moses' sake, because we've got to be prepared to come into the presence of God. You don't just barge into the presence of God. You don't just flippantly assume the presence of God is there. There is a protocol, there is an attitude of reverence that we should have. Amen. Thank you, David. Somebody else said uh you okay. So l- let me go over that again because it's obvious the rest of you, not and, and, and listen to me, this is a very serious issue in today's church, the lack of reverence. Now, many of you come from the same background that I came from, from Catholic church. How many, how many of you come from Catholic background? Oh, Lord Jesus. I better watch what I say. Now Now, there's two other subcategories. How many of you come from an either Irish Catholic or Italian Catholic background? Good amount. There's, there is a difference. Okay. So, so now, as much as maybe the Catholic Church didn't teach us the doctrines that we should have learned and didn't teach us some things, but the one thing that has been imparted to us was a sense of reverence. Amen. I mean, you, you went to Catholic Mass when you were a kid, or I, I went. You—you—you you, you kidneys could be busting. You never thought to get out of your seat to go. I didn't even know there was a bathroom in the church. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? And God forbid if you had a little kid crying or something like that, or, you know, or, or little kids misbehaving themselves. And especially like, you know, you—if you went to church, your parents stayed home, but they made sure you went to church. By the time you got home, they got a phone call from somebody in church. Your kid was doing this and your kid was doing that. Why? Because there was a sense of reverence. I don't know why we've lost that. Because we now, who have a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, should have even more reverence for the presence of God. I mean, for the most part, we knew about him when we were growing up, but we hadn't met him yet. But now once you meet him and you have, once you understand what he endured so that you and I could come out of, off this, this path of going to hell and that you and I could get on the path going to heaven, you would think we would have more reverence. And so it just, just, just humor me for a couple of minutes. On a, on a service time, like say a Saturday night or Sunday morning, on Wednesday night here, we don't, we don't have worship, we used to. But now as the campuses grew and we needed more and more people in the other campuses and we had to give a break to the worship team. And so that's why on Wednesday nights we don't do it because how many things can they do during the week, you know? But when you come on a Saturday night, whether it's here or whether it's in Bayville, or if you come on Sunday morning, whether it's here, whether it's in Walt Township, whether it's in Bayville, try your best to get there before the worship starts. Now, I understand. We had four kids that were little. It was tough to get to church. But listen, it's extremely important, and let me tell you why. That's the only part of the service that's for God. The time that we come together and we worship. That's for him. So, so as an act of reverence, and when you come in, you know... Uh, And I'm not trying to spank anybody here tonight or reprimand anybody, but, you know, let's get our act together. Because the more reverence we have, the more of the Holy Spirit we'll experience. Now, think about this. Now, I know we're not under the Old Testament, but there's things in the Old Testament. Man, this is going totally different here. (laughs) Watch this now. Back in the Old Testament, okay, there was a protocol for the priests. A priest would not dare enter into the temple compound without having the proper garments on, without having bathed, without having done certain... And again, I'm not saying we gotta go back on the rituals, but those rituals were symbolic of the reverence that you and I should have for the Lord Jesus Christ now. And, And the temple compound was built in such a way, there's actually three doorways to go through the first one anybody can go through didn't matter if you were jew gentile didn't matter and that was called the court of the gentiles but then you come to a place and the archaeologists have actually found this thing where there was this uh stone carving that said once from once you went from the gentile court into the next place okay that you went under penalty of death if you were not a jew why because a Gentile is not prepared to come into the presence of God. A Gentile is somebody that doesn't, is, not, is without covenant with God. Okay? Now, in that next place, now, uh, both men and women could come. And but then there's another doorway that not everybody could go through. Only the priest could go into that Holy of Holies and only once a year. And he better be carrying blood from an animal sacrifice. Or they could be struck dead and go read this, You go research it for yourself. The priest would never go into the Holy of Holies without having a rope tied around his ankle. And do you ever wonder why? You ever see a, a Jewish person pray? Were they called davening? Okay, you daven, okay, which comes with the root word for David's name, which is beloved. So you're showing affection to God. Now, the reason they do this is because the priest had little bells on the bottom of his robe. So when that priest went into the holy of holies, the people outside are listening. Are the bells ringing? If the bells are ringing, he's okay. If the bells stop ringing, you better tug on that rope because he dropped dead in there. I'm not making this up. Go research it for yourself. Okay? What? Because there was a reverence. You could not. That's why God said to Moses, "Take your shoes off." What do shoes represent? A connection to the earth. Take your shoes off. The place that you're standing is holy ground. First lesson he taught him was what? Reverence. Reverence. Now, watch this. What was the first thing that Moses did in response to this? He said, let me now turn and see this great sight. If he didn't turn, God would have never spoke to him, no matter how much the flames were burning why because when god approaches us and gives us an opportunity if we don't respond he'll let you go oh that doesn't sound like the god that i serve doesn't sound like my god oh really Mm -hmm. do you remember jesus and the rich young ruler Mm -hmm. the man was wealthy extremely wealthy and he came to jesus and offered him a bunch of questions and jesus jesus answered him and then jesus said to him Uh, go sell everything you have, because he said, I've done all these things you told him. In other words, I kept all the commandments. And Jesus went, oh, really? Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And it says that the man went away sad. Did you ever notice that Jesus didn't chase after him? Did you ever notice that Jesus said, oh, wait a second, come back, let me rephrase that. No, Jesus let him walk away. So that sounds harsh. No, Jesus was honoring his free will. God never comes to you and grabs you by the throat and says, you're gonna follow me, you're gonna serve me. No, no, no. He is a gentleman. He is love. He offers you the opportunity. But if you decide to turn away and not follow him, that's up to you. Let me tell you this. Nobody is in hell without their own choice. Oh, pastor, nobody would choose hell. No, people don't choose hell. They choose to reject Christ. And in choosing to reject Christ, see, if... There's a guest speaker that's going to be coming next year, I believe, in the spring. His name is Bill Weiss. Okay? He's been here over the years. It's been quite a few years since we had him. This is a gentleman who wrote a book entitled 23 Minutes in Hell. He spent 23 minutes in hell. And he told, when I've talked to him one-to-one. He said, Joe, it seemed like an eternity. And he told about the horrible things. He said, but this is, this is what he came back and understood. The people in hell are there because they decided they didn't want God. And if you don't want God, God prepared a place for them to go where he's not. But it's it's the choice of the individual to go there. Because if you spent your whole life rejecting God, and even to the end rejecting God, well, then where are you going to go? You can't go to heaven. (laughs) Why? Because you've rejected God. You say you don't want him in your life. You don't want to have anything to do with it. You don't believe in him. Well, then there's no other place for a person's spirit to go because it can't go to heaven. So where does it go? But it was never supposed to be that way. Amen? Amen. Nobody goes to hell by accident. And nobody goes to heaven by accident. It's an act of our choice. It's an act of our will. We choose to place our faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Or we choose to reject him. I think it's the most horrible nightmare when a human being ends up in hell because hell was never created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for human beings. So therefore, it's, it's, not, it's not a habitable place for us. It's a place of torment. Man, I'm, I'm talking to somebody tonight. We don't belong there. Hallelujah, Pastor, I'm so glad I came here tonight. So, again, let's review, let's move on. People who experience God's presence are those who understand the holiness of God and his desire for us to live separate from the filth of our old life, the filth of our own, old life. We've got to leave the old life behind. Now, granted, we can't do it and one just snapped. you know, a person doesn't get born again. A person doesn't pray a prayer, Jesus, I believe in you, uh, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And then, bam, everything about our life changes. Well, we say that sometimes, but really, it's our spirit that changes. The person, the part of you that got born again, when you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, is not your mind. It's not your soul. It's certainly not your body. It's your spirit who God created to begin with. Amen? Amen. I might as well go through the rest of it. So you and I have been created in God's image, right? Yes. And in his likeness. Yes? yes? Are you created in the image of God? Yes. Well, let's what, What's the image of God? The image of God is the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So then if we were created in the image and likeness of God, then there should be something triune or tripart about us. Yes. And it is. We are a spirit. We possess a soul. And we live in a body. Are you getting this? Once you're born again, your enemy is not the devil anymore. The devil's been defeated. Your worst enemy is the person you see in the mirror in the morning when you brush your teeth. It's your flesh. It's your carnal nature. It's your soul that has not yet been made subject to the word of God. So now here's Moses, and Moses spent the first 40 years of his life as an Egyptian. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace. He was raised along with Pharaoh's household. He was very instrumental in the government of Egypt. He was very instrumental in the military of Egypt. We talked about this a few times over this series. But then he makes a stupid mistake. He, he knows on the inside that God has called him to deliver his people, out of Egypt. But instead of waiting to get to know God, he takes matters into his own hands, kills an Egyptian, buries him in the sand, and then the next day he realizes somebody saw him kill the Egyptian and it got back to Pharaoh, and he has to flee Egypt. And he goes as far as he can from Egypt, walking. And so he spends the next 40 years of his life learning about God from his father-in-law and we spent a ton of time on this. I, I, I don't want to go through that again. You can listen to that. And we spent a lot of time on that. And the cool thing about it, you remember, what, what was that man's name? Reuel. Reuel. Reuel, which means friend of God. So God hooks him up with somebody he's friends with so that Moses can learn how to be a friend of God. Amen. Amen. Amen? That's why don't, don't take your relationships lightly. Right. Yeah. It's very, very likely that God's going to put you in touch with someone either to mentor... Uh, to learn from, to even uh, become spiritually impacted by somebody in your life that God's gonna put there to make sure that you get to know who He is. Yes. Amen. So relationships are good. That's why the enemy's always attacking relationships. You're not getting the fullness of that. That's why the enemy is always attacking relationships because of a lot of different degrees. Okay, number one, marriage is under attack. Why? there's a very strong connection between a husband and wife when they pray when a husband and wife come into agreement to pray about something that's the strongest point of agreement and that's why the enemy is always constantly causing arguments and strife and division and jealousy and all kinds of stuff why because he knows if he can get the two arguing if he can get them uh, split up then that then he doesn't have to worry about them praying about anything against him Amen. amen And there's a relationship between brother and brother, sister and sister in the Lord. Because again, it's all about the power of authority. It's all, it's all about prayer. Because you realize that's a weapon we have against the enemy, right? Yes. Okay, you can scream all night long, devil, devil, devil. But until you pray in Jesus' name, the devil's not gonna listen to you. You got that? Yes. So listen, do you think we should guard our relationships? Do yes. You think we should do everything possible to walk in love with one another? bear each other's burdens one scripture in the new testament i believe it's in the book of colossians says make allowances for other people's faults in other words ahead of time in other words whoever you get involved with go into the relationship knowing 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 this this person's probably going to hurt me at some point in life but i choose to forgive them guess what because they have the same expectation about you so when we do screw up, when we do mess up, when we do mistreat each other, and we do whatever we do, let's just have enough sense to forgive and, and walk in, in, in love, you know? Because we're all developing. Thank you. We're all developing. And how do you develop? If you're you on a desert island with nobody around, how are you going to develop your love walk? What are you going to do, practice it on coconuts? <laughs> We're in each other's lives. I'm sure in 40 years, Reuel had plenty of opportunities to get mad at Moses, and Moses had plenty of opportunities to get mad at Reuel. But we, re- we see that the relationship lasted at least 40 years. Now, we know it lasted beyond that because when Moses was 80 years old, that's when God sent him back to Egypt. His ministry started at 80 years old. I was 39. I turned 40 years old in Bible school. I said to the Lord, you had to wait till I was 40 years old? You couldn't couldn't send me to Bible school when I was 27 when I first got saved. But I needed to learn a few things before I got there. I wouldn't have appreciated the experience. And he reminded me. I'll never forget. He reminded me. What are you complaining about? Moses was 80 years old when he started. I got 40 years on him. See what I'm saying? So, So let's treasure I know, I know we can be a pen and neck to each other sometimes I don't know if you noticed that I know we can annoy each other sometimes I know if you hang around with me I'm going to disappoint you you're going to catch me in a mood or you're going to whatever okay Some, who said that amen like that <laughs> has my staff been squealing on me that was too convincing of an amen but you understand my point? <laughs> Moses would have learned nothing. It wouldn't have prepared him. The relationship he had with his father-in-law, the friend of God, the purpose and the goal was to prepare Moses for a face-to-face encounter with God Almighty. You listening? Yes. So now Moses comes face-to-face with God. The eternal God. And we know that this had to be Jesus pre-incarnate. You know what that means, pre-incarnate? Before he took on flesh. Because you know Jesus always was, always is, always will be, right? (laughs) Oh, but I thought he was born in Bethlehem. No, his body was born in Bethlehem. The natural body of Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But the Christ, the Messiah, always existed. The Son of God always existed. Because he's in the Trinity, and we know that he was there, he was the one who was responsible for creation. Now we know it couldn't be God the Father there because Jesus Himself said, God is spirit. Spirit doesn't have a body. A spirit, you know what I'm saying? So we said so his voice speaks to him out of this burning bush. And when Moses turned aside, the Lord knew, I got his attention now. I got his attention. Now I will invest in him. Amen. You're not getting it. Because I can think of many times that the Lord was calling me in my early years, I did not turn aside. I was intent on living my own life. I was intent on, on living the way I wanted to live. And, and uh, thank God, thank God that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. Even when, even when we don't know him, he knows us. Amen. You got weak that time. Even when we don't know him, he still knows us. Amen. And he knows that at some point we're going to make a decision to receive Jesus, his son. And so that gives him the right to intervene Amen. in our lives before we even know he exists. Amen. And many of us in this room, if we wanted to, I could pass the mic around. And many of us in this room could talk about instances and incidents that took place where you could have got killed. You could have been taken out or... Something would have happened to you years before you came to the Lord. And you would have went right to hell. But thank God for his protection. Say that with me. Thank God for his protection. And so Moses turns aside and now God goes, I got him. Got his attention. And the very first thing he teaches him is what? Reverence. Reverence. So we started about talking about that. We're talking about worship. Now, some of you may be new to, to this type of church, and some of you may be new to the faith altogether, to Christianity, biblical, I'm talking about biblical Christianity, not religious denominations. And I know the first time I walked into a church like this, on so Easter Sunday, April the 25th, 1984, okay? First time I walked into a, to a church like this, I went, oh my God, these people are crazy. <laughs> people are, everybody's standing with their arms raised up, I'm like, why what? We didn't do that in Catholic church. We didn't know how to do that. I mean, they do now. Some churches do now. I'm like, what? why Why they all got their hands up? Didn't understand any of this stuff. And what's these crazy languages I hear? <laughs> now, I, was, I was one that's always interested in languages. I could pick up pretty much. I could tell the tone of certain languages, what kind of language they are. But I said, I never heard anybody talking like this kind of language. I didn't, I didn't know anything about speaking in tongues. I didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that that was a natural. I didn't know that that happened to Mary. I didn't know that Mary spoke in tongues. Well, they never taught us that stuff. Well, how do you know that? Because she was there on the day of Pentecost. I didn't know that. St. John, St. Peter, all, the, all these guys that received the baptism. I didn't know any of that stuff. But then as I started to learn, I started to realize, wow. And started to realize the connection between when we'd all come together and worship and lift our hands up and just praise God and not, not let anything distract us, that all of a sudden you would feel like a, a, a wave come into the room. Yes. Yes. And the Spirit of God, the, the anointing, the presence of the Spirit of God would come in. And, and I, I could tell you stories over the years. Amazing things that we took, saw took place. Amazing things that we saw taking People healed. Just unbelievable stuff. And then I started realizing, I see the connection here. I see the connection here. And when we come to church together and we learn to reverence God and put him first and, and vocally v- with our words begin to praise him and to worship him and to, to declare what he's worth to us. Reverence is the first step to the reality of God, the presence of God and walking in victory. You can't walk in victory without have a reverence for God impossible because if he's going to fight your battles mm-hmm. you better reverence him mm-hmm. so, so when you have the opportunity next time we're in worship do you want to get your guitar <laughs> <laughs> hmm? yeah, yeah, or oh, you want to get on the keys It's okay if we follow the Holy Ghost tonight? Is anybody else here from the worship team? Paul, you're here. You got your guitar? No? I'll leave you alone. I won't won't put you on the spot. So, So what happens? Well, let's see what happens, okay? But I'm telling you this, Okay. The difference between just having dead, cold religion and having a relationship with God Almighty is the reverence. The re- now, there's, there's a lot, I've met tons of people all, through these 38 years that, could, that know the Bible backwards and, and, and uh, forwards and backwards. Yep. And you can know the word. You can recite the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of Revelation. But if you never come to the point of having reverence for God... All well, you are is a computer with a bunch of information inside. Now, worship is extremely important. Now, you can get out of balance with that too, okay? You can get out of balance with that. You know, a lot of people, especially if you like music, and a lot of people just want to worship, just want to sing and stuff like this. But, but you need the balance. You need the worship and you need the word. Okay? And that, listen to me, that is a hallmark or an identifying mark of the last days. Now, let me explain something to you. There's a scripture in the book of Amos. There's a book of Amos in the Bible? Yeah, it's yes. back in the front of your Bible with the pages just still stuck together. It's the book of Amos. And he prophesied, what did he prophesy? He spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about a time that would come in his future, Amen. his future. Now, Amos, I think, was on the scene probably like six, 700 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, um, at least five, 600 years. And he said this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that in the last days God would resurrect the tabernacle of David. Amen. Now if you study the Old Testament you'll see tabernacle. The tabernacle, first tabernacle shows up in the book of Exodus. Okay? What is a tabernacle? A tabernacle is a tent. Uh, or maybe if it's a permanent structure it would look like a gazebo or a, what do you call those other things that I used to have in my house? What do you call the thing in my backyard? Pergola. Pergola. Something like that, okay? So God instructed the Israelites to build this tent. It was a portable worship structure, and he gave them specific directions. Now, that's the tabernacle of Moses. But Amos prophesied that in the last days, God would resurrect the tabernacle of David. Now, there's a big difference between the tabernacle of David. Man, where are we going with this tonight? (laughs) There's a big difference between the tabernacle of David and the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of Moses centers around blood, sacrifice. It's bloody. Animals are dying. Uh, There's a lot of attention on the Ten Commandments, and if you don't do this, and this is gonna, if you don't do this. But when David comes on the scene, like a thousand years later, when David comes on the scene, 500 years later, uh, the tabernacle of David, now we're getting closer to the temple in Jerusalem by the time David comes on the scene. Because, you know, who built the first temple? Solomon, his son. But David was the one who took the Ark of the Covenant. You remember the Ark of the Covenant? Yep. Okay, the big golden box, two angels facing each other. Harrison Ford. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, that, that, that thing existed. I'm not saying the story was true. What I'm saying is that was based on that article that God told Moses to build and his presence would dwell between the angels, okay? Now, um, by the time David comes on, David is the one who brings the tabernacle from a place called Shiloh to the place where Mount Moriah was. Remember where Abraham sacrificed—well, yeah. was supposed to sacrifice his son? Okay, well, that's where the temple is. Okay. It was David that brought the tabernacle, excuse me, the Ark of the Covenant there and built a temporary structure. And it was David, the first one, who organized the worship. He organized the musicians. He organized the singers okay and so you remember when Solomon dedicated the temple it says there were 120 trumpeters well that was those were the ones that David trained so the tabernacle of David always represents worship the tabernacle of Moses always represents sacrifice okay so Amos said now he's living in that period between the tabernacle of Moses and the the time of Jesus coming so now you remember Stephen the first martyr of the church Acts chapter five or six, he quotes Amos and said, because remember Peter said that the last days started back then. That was 2,000 years ago. If that was the last days, my God, here we are 2,000 years later. We're in the last of the last days. Okay? So, so what, why am I bringing this all up? Well, from my understanding, of course, I got born again in 1984. But about 10 to 15 years before that, Uh, Pastor Joy, you were saved a number of years before I got born again. And uh, at that time, the church, born-again churches, okay, were coming away from just reading hymns and stuff like that and coming into a place of praise and worship, okay? Now, in in some of the denominational churches, even today, uh, you're not having praise and worship, you're singing a hymn. And some of those hymns, if you really looked at the lyrics and read your Bible, you're like, what the heck are they talking about here? This is totally unscriptural. So it was more like, well, we're going to sing a couple of songs, get our attention, and then we'll go on with the, with the rest of the service. Well, back in the late 60s, early 70s, probably, probably mid-70s, this movement began to swell in the churches. Now, by the time I came along in 1984, it was more entrenched of having praise and worship we actually had, like we have, you have a a full band. Some churches have complete orchestras. Uh, uh, how we doing? All right. Um, <laughs> and so what was happening? We're approaching the last days. And so what was getting resurrected? Not the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of? David. David. Worship. Worship. And so you had some major movements come across this land. All right. All uh, right maranatha worship maranatha music some of the old times remember this um, what was the other one um, Hosanna Hosanna. thank you Hosanna and uh, then uh, a lot of others came along from there but those were the main ones that first started and so uh, before that time you couldn't go to a Christian bookstore and buy praise and work it, it didn't exist it didn't, and some of it originated in the area where we went to the Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma some of that a Grace Fellowship Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma Um, some of you might remember I know you guys remember uh, what's his name his faith fellowship Rich Rich Gomez Gomez was extremely instrumental and had been influenced majorly by the worship leader from Grace Fellowship in Tulsa Oklahoma so all of a sudden now you went to church the the attention wasn't just on the teaching now you have praise and worship and now you see the Holy Spirit moving more and more and more why because we're in the last days Amen? Amen. And we can't just have music for music. Sure. We have music to reverence God. Amen. And some people say, Pastor, can you do this song? Can you? Do it? No, it's not about us. Again, how many times you've heard me say, "There's no tip jar on the keyboard." <laughs> it's not about. It's about what is the Holy Spirit. Is how is He directing us to sing so that the heart of the Father is blessed. Amen. Are you getting this? It's about blessing the heart of the Father. It's about about adoring Him, having affection for Him, loving Him. And that's why if our songs are not aimed towards Him, then we're just what are we doing? We're just having a good time singing a song. Amen? Amen. So let me know when you guys are ready and what you want to do. You ready? All right, why don't we give this a shot? Amen. We've got about fourteen minutes left if we take a little bit more time I don't think God will mind but why don't you stand up and, and let me for those of you that are new here tonight there's a first time for everything we're instructed in the scriptures it was God's idea for his people to raise their hands when either we pray and honestly we don't many of us we don't pray scripturally when we pray we go like this There's no place in the Bible that tells us to fold our hands. In fact, it's very, very, very um, strongly emphasized in the Old Testament that when we pray, it says lifting... In fact, New Testament says lifting up holy hands unto our God. And we don't just do this as just to do it as a gimmick. God said... In fact, the words in in the book of Psalms for lifting our hands are included in, like, the word hallelujah... Yada is one of the words that's used to worship God, to praise God. It literally means to lift the hands up. So let's lift our hands up. If you haven't done it before, just close your eyes. Don't worry about whoever else is around. Let's lift our hands up to him. Let's worship him tonight. Let's show him the reverence that he wanted to teach Moses. And let's, let's let him prepare us for a, an encounter with him this night. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name, Father. Blessed be your holy name, Father, now and forevermore, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy are, you, Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Worthy of all the glory, worthy of all the honor, worthy of all the praise, worthy of all thanksgiving, worthy of all adoration. Worthy, 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 worthy. Worthy, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name forever. Now, listen up, listen up, listen up. Is anybody here right now with some type of sickness, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter if you had it for 20 years if you had it for 20 minutes, doesn't matter. And you believe that God can touch you in this atmosphere right now. I want you to raise your hand up. Say, that's me. Pray for 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 me. me." Come on, put your hands up. If you you need prayer, put your hand up. Now, those of you that are around them, you see who's there around you? Go and put your hand on them and begin to pray for them. God's going to move. God's going to move. God's going to move. He's going to use you to pray for these individuals he's going to use you make sure turn around there's somebody behind you that needs prayer has their hand up go over go over go pray with them hallelujah bless you lord god hallelujah praise you father thank you god that you're moving in our midst thank you god right now father that you have you have compassion for us thank you god that you love us father thank you god honor the faith of these people who have their hands raised make sure that there's nobody around you that has their hand raised that you're not praying for for them go pray for them go pray for them go pray for them say well pastor I don't know how to pray just go lay hands on them the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak glory to God glory to God hallelujah father in the name of Jesus healing 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 father in the name of Jesus deliverance father from addictions in the name of jesus healing father god thank you lord for bringing peace thank you god thank you god that you're healing the brokenhearted thank you god that you're bringing peace to those who are troubled thank you father father in the name of jesus baptize him in the holy ghost In the name, Father, baptize them in the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Father God. Come on, those of you that have already been baptized and you pray in tongues, go ahead and pray. Go pray for that man over there. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name that's above all names the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for your anointing. Thank you, God, for your anointing. And it's the anointing, it's the presence of the Holy Ghost that breaks the bondage. It's the presence of the Holy Ghost that snaps the chains in the name of Jesus. Chains snap in Jesus' name. Broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad I came tonight. Can't imagine what I would have missed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now listen, listen, listen. You got something ready to dismiss us with? Go ahead and talk. And listen. Listen those of you that had your hands up and received prayer okay now the bible jesus told the church before he left and returned to heaven he said to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover lay hands and they shall now all throughout the word of god there's a laying on of hands there's a laying on of hands to bring peace there's a laying on of hands for blessing there's a laying on of hands for an impartation of the anointing of the spirit of god all throughout the world. So no matter what somebody laid hands on you for, you need to just believe God right now that you received Amen. what you were supposed to get. Say, to me, say this with me. Father, Father tonight, tonight at, eight at 8 o'clock, Wednesday night, Wednesday night I receive, I receive whatever, you whatever you desire in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. It's, mine. it's mine. I'm not going to lose it. I'm devil's not going to steal it from me i received tonight everything i needed in jesus name amen now listen 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 reverence just for just for a moment here reverence don't be walking out unless you absolutely have to leave if it's a medical emergency but listen to me we would be very negligent tonight if we just left at this if there is anyone here tonight that has never prayed a very simple prayer and asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and your Lord, I want to give that opportunity tonight. I want to give an opportunity for those to get born again who are not yet born again. That's not just a title. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to become a child of God. Amen. Good. Jesus told an old man named Nicodemus that he had to be born again to see the kingdom of God. That means, remember what I talked about before, that we're three parts? It means our spirit. Before we declare with our mouth what we believe about Jesus, that he came to this earth and died on the cross for our sins, that God raised him from the dead, Until until we declare that, what we have in our heart, our spirit is dead. It needs to be alive. God did not create us spiritually dead. God created us to be spiritually alive. So when we make that declaration, our Spirit instantaneously comes to life. And the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of us. That's what qualifies us to go to heaven. Well, pastor, I've been a pretty good person. I'm sure you're probably a better person than I am. But that's not what it takes to get to heaven. We go to heaven because we have trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Not in ourselves, not how good we can pray, not how much money we give away, not how nice we are to people. Now, those are good things for us to do but they don't get us to heaven. We go to heaven because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, on our behalf. So please, I beg you, if there's anybody here tonight that's never had the opportunity to pray that prayer, please don't just go home. Please don't do that. If you you do not have a security on the inside, that if you were to take your last breath sometime tonight, if you're not 100% sure that you would be in the presence of Jesus... Please do not fool around with your eternity. Please. Just pray a simple prayer. And it sounds something like this Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross to pay for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead so that I could live forever with you. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior thank you for making me a child of god very simple prayer can we pray that together tonight and those of you that have never prayed this prayer before we're praying it with you just open up your mouth and say this prayer you believe this in your heart say this to me father Father, i believe believe that jesus is the son of god God. that he came to this earth earth, died on the cross cross. as payment for for my sins he paid for my sins I believe believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he's alive right now now in heaven heaven. and he hears me praying. praying. So Jesus, Jesus, I ask you, you, come into my heart. heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Spirit. Be my Lord. Be my my Savior. Savior. I I submit myself to you. Thank you for paying for my sins. Thank you for making me a child of God and I pray this in your name amen amen, amen. amen. not give it up for the people who prayed that prayer <laughs> <laughs> to me, real quick I'm not going to keep you much longer if you did pray that prayer tonight for the first time or maybe you prayed that prayer tonight to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you've drifted away from God. I don't know. It's not my business. It's between you and God. Maybe, maybe tonight you prayed that prayer to recommit yourself to him, to start fresh again. You understand, he never left you. That's true. He never left you. You might have turned your back, but he never left you. And so if you prayed that tonight for that means, in other words, to recommit, or if you prayed it for the very first time, would you please... Before you leave, after we dismiss, we're going to sing, probably going to sing a short song, short song, and when we're done singing, please come up to the front and say, I prayed that prayer tonight. Amen. I want to give you a Bible. I want just, to just, we just want to get to know who you are. It's important that you tell somebody, I prayed that prayer tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Allow the music ministry to just take us into one more song. And then after we're done, when we're dismissed, those of you, please, 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 don't let your mind talk you out of it. Please, come up here. There'll be people standing in front of the platform here. Tell them, I prayed that prayer tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you all.